What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today, me alongside Austin Barrett, good friend from Syracuse University, Boston Celtics fan, we talked about the Boston Celtics and this series that, you know, Boston down three games to two to Philadelphia right now. It looks like Philly has their number. We discussed the defensive stuff with Al Horford guarding Embiid, the pick and roll, and how that's quite frankly unstoppable at this point in time. Boston really can't find any answers to stop that. And offensively, you know, Marcus Mar said it, their offense at best is random. And yeah, when you have superstars and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, that works to a certain extent. But in a seven game playoff series where teams get to hone in on you, defense matters and Celtics not as good defensively as they were last year. And that's what got them to the finals, truthfully. Although Jason Tatum was spectacular, Jalen Brown as well. But game six, seven thirty, next day after this after the episode comes out. Uh, well, I guess the episode will already be out and it'll be game day. But great stuff from Philadelphia. I, I can't I can't knock them. You know, as, as a Celtics fan, I wanna say, ah, Philly, get out of here. We we beat you all the time. But no. James Harden, two 40-point games. Who would have thought that at this stage of his career? Embiid's doing Embiid stuff. He's MVP for a reason. Maxi Tucker making some clutch shots down the stretch. Daniel House with some big minutes in game five. Man, Philly might win it, man. They might win the series. And at this point, you know, who's to say they can't make it to the finals and win it all? But let's pump the brakes. Jason Tatum, he has to prove that he's still at that top level superstars are made in the postseason this is his time to sign game six jay talked about it in the podcast i hope you guys enjoy this one and without any further ado cue that music All right, guys, we are here once again with Austin Barrick. Currently Wednesday, May 10th, the day after Game 5 of the Boston Celtics-Philadelphia 76ers series. Boston down 3-2 to Philadelphia. Sort of unexpected considering just the history, you know, over the last five series against Philadelphia, Boston has won all five. You look at the historical perspective, uh, 64-50, to um, Boston in terms of actual playoff games. Boston has always been the team, you know, that had Philadelphia's number, but now, granted, the series is still going. Philadelphia hasn't won, but you know, after last night's performance, you know, it's just like is Philadelphia going to run away with this one and actually beat the Boston Celtics? And then whoever wins this, I, I just pencil in as going to the finals. I don't... Uh, we can get into that a little bit later, but you know, just awesome. Initial thoughts about the game. Tahani, Tuesday night was rough. Tuesday night was frustrating. It was never even close. Um, you kept waiting. I kept waiting for the Celtics to go on their 
their run never happened. The Sixers always answered. Uh, they created uh, timely turnovers. Celtics couldn't shoot. Horford couldn't shoot. There is no rhythm. There was never – it wasn't even like – they played with a sense of urgency. They did, but they didn't play with any organization, no plan, no rhythm. It was so disheartening. It was super frustrating. Philly had so many options going for them. Embiid was a monster. Maxi was in his bag. Yeah. Tobias Harris was being annoying, tipping in <laughs> shots, getting his mid-rangers to – hit every part of the backboard and rim and fall in somehow. It was a disgusting game. I don't think I've felt this low as a fan of the Celtics since probably game five against the Bucks last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm right there with you. Just like I, like I told you, I didn't watch the entire game from, but from what I did see. You know, it was a lot of things that we sort of lamented about the Celtics this year. Firstly, defensively. You know, last year, just from the heights that they were at, one of the best defensive teams in NBA history last year. Talk, look at the numbers. Uh, Joe Mazzula, you know, he is not Ime Udoka. I think that's apparent now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that really resonates with a lot of Celtics fans, with a lot of people who watch these games. You know, there's a different vibe, different energy that comes with watching this team. It's not a team that'll defensively lock you up. It's a team that'll score. Uh, score a lot of points, but you know, defensively it matters, especially when these games are so tight knit. Which last night, by the way, it wasn't. We'll get to um game four in a second, but you know, defensively, I think the James Harden and B pick and roll, they haven't figured out a way to stop that. And I just feel like whenever that happens, it's either Embiid gets to the free throw line and he's uh gets to the to the mid range fifteen footer, uh, and then he gets that shot, or he'll get it driving, get to the free throw line that way, and then he'll hit the free throws. Or James Harden just has a lane and he'll dance and do his James Harden. You know how he gets his points. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems kind of unstoppable at this point yeah. um, with that pick and roll. And then even when they aren't on the floor, it doesn't feel like this team's as connected as they were last year defensively, where, you know, the switches were on point. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, you know, defensively inside the paint, you got Rob Williams, Al Horford doing their thing. It just doesn't feel like that cohesive unit is here anymore. Yeah, it's the same people. Exactly. That's a great point, Tani. The The defense is not what it was last year. It's easy to blame the coaching, uh, the coaching change. And and frankly, I kind of do. Um, but you're right. The hardened to a beat stuff is way, way too easy. How many times have we seen in the series and B get the ball in that that, you know, high post, that foul line extended range. And he's either going to take a shot or, as you said, go in and get fouled. And yesterday, or Tuesday night, I should say, the the he would be aggressive and make these moves on Horford where he Horford couldn't do anything but foul. Game four, fourth quarter, when Philly got predictable and slowed it down and Horford stood his ground, that was awesome for the Celtics. The fact that we couldn't capitalize and we'll get into that game as well was, was brutal. But you go into Tuesday night's game five, and it's just like they're just humming. They're going downhill, and nothing ever changed. Robert Williams was always in drop coverage. Horford was always a step slow as well. The guards would try to chase Harden around. It it never worked. It was so open. It was so easy. Philly was probably thinking to themselves, oh, my goodness, we can just run the same stuff we've been doing all game and get the same open looks. I'm dumbfounded by the – 
by the lack of defensive urgency, which also includes getting defensive rebounds. That's part of defense. Didn't get enough defensive rebounds. Looking at the numbers right here, Philly, 40 defensive rebounds, Boston, 27 in game five. And it felt like that. Even in game four, those big-time P.J. Tucker putbacks. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, those Tobias Harris – like, you got to get the defensive rebound. I never felt like we could make a stop when we needed to. Yeah, and that's the, the biggest thing, different from, difference from this year to last year. Uh, you know, let's give Embiid credit. He's MVP, rightfully so. I think this year was his year. And, you know, everything is sort of running through him in that James Harden pick and roll. And you can't really double because now you have a bunch of shooters. I guess the worst shooter in that starting lineup is P.J. Tucker. And even he, you know, every once in a while, he said some timely shots. I remember yeah. uh, game four, that and one, I was just like, okay, that that's sort of a, a dagger. It's from an unlikely, unlikely source. But, you know, P.J. Tucker, the and one late in that game, that was crucial. I want to talk about game four and also just how the Sixers have been winning versus how Boston has been winning. You know, Boston, when they won in game two, that was a blowout. 87 to 121, Boston Celtics won that one. And then game three, 114 to 102, it wasn't necessarily close. And the reason why I bring that up, you know, when the Celtics lose, it's usually closer games where they just can't execute down the stretch. Also, we've talked about this a lot. They simply do not execute well in the last minute, minute and a half of a game. Game one, 119 to 115, close game. Philadelphia wins that one. Game four, 116 to 115. Uh, some head-scratching decisions um, as you're doing. Now you're basically scratching your head, and that's indicative of what the Celtics have been doing, you know. And Marcus Smart sort of alluded to it, uh, talking about Joe Mazzulla and the offensive sets. They they run random offense, and that's held true because usually in my this time watching basketball, playing basketball, usually you have the ball with like this 24 seconds left, something like that, and you're down or it's tied. You usually call a timeout and then set something up to get a good shot. That's what you do as a coach. Joe Mazzulla rarely calls timeouts in those situations. He just lets the guys run. And yes, this is this is a very talented group. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But you know, it's probably best to set something up where you can get good looks. Oftentimes, you know, game five, um, last second shot by Marcus Smart, it went in, sure, but it didn't count. And Jason yeah. Tatum ran a lot of time off the clock instead of getting into something set. He was just trying to wait for an opening and go. I think that's something that the Celtics need to figure out coming into this next one. And I'm not sure if they can do it because it's been a problem this whole year. Yeah, that's another looming issue. Of course, uh, game five could never even get to that point because they never even made it close. Exactly. But you're right that the game four ending, which is kind of where this all stems from, because, you know, every game is connected to the previous game. Um, Tatum, how many times have we seen it in his career? He just kind of waits in these moments too long. You could see it in the moment you tell like Tatum. I was like yelling at the TV. Jason, Jason, go, go. There's five seconds left. Go. And the smart gets off the shot too late. The whole team knew it. They didn't even celebrate because they knew it was too late. Mm -hmm. It's just so frustrating, Dahani. Like, we we should be up. We should have been up 3-1. Uh, possibly even, you know, game one was a choke in itself. Yeah. Um, And then, as Missoula said here after Tuesday's game, he said that was our first really, really bad game of the playoffs. Back to your point. The Celtics never lose in blowout fashion, typically. Yesterday, Tuesday night, was that. Maybe it's a wake-up call. I hope it is. 
I mean, at this point, if that doesn't wake you up, what will now that you're on the brink of elimination? Tuesday night was disgusting. How Sunday afternoon played out was disgusting. Um, I just have a really bad taste in my my mouth, Tahani. And and I know like Smart and Jalen are saying we shouldn't use last year as an example. That's behind us. That doesn't relate. I I don't know. Like this, the the energy somehow feels different than than last year when when Smart got stripped by Drew Holiday and the Garden was stunned. Garden yesterday was just in a nervous anxiety. Yeah. Fans were booing like every two minutes. It felt like there was nothing to cheer for. I, I, and that goes back to Missoula is just not as good as Udoka. I, I just, I just feel more calm with, with, I feel, I felt much better about our chances with Ime. I'm sure Missoula's a great, I, I don't know. Like, Donnie, what do you, I, I don't, I don't like where we're at right now. Yeah, me neither. And that exact point you made about how with Ime Udoka, it was sort of a calming presence. You knew that he would rally the troops. He would get in their face. He would allow them to really understand, all right, we're good, but we need to have this type of structure. There's no structure. Even offensively, defensively, though, is where it really matters. And, uh, you know, that structure offensively, they don't really need it because they're so great. And, you know, the way that the league is set up today with just the amount of spacing, pick and roll, you can just have, any guy, Tatum, Brown, Smart, uh, even uh, Brogdon, Derek White, for example, all these guys can get to the bucket and score. That's not the issue, really, with the Celtics team. And even shooting-wise, uh, early in the year, you know, they were looking like the team to beat and because of their offense, not their defense. Um, quick thing that I saw was pretty interesting. Uh, Al Horford, in the regular season, he was shooting 45% on threes. It was all catch and shoot. Yeah, yeah, he was uh really good. Uh, he was forty five, forty five percent on threes. That would be pick and pick and pop threes. A swing, swing to the corner. Forty five. Uh, so far in this series, Al Horford from three point range, twenty seven percent. That's a big drop off. Zero for seven, all from three point range last game, and you know those threes are sorely felt. And last year's run to the finals, you know he would have some very timely three-point shots down the stretch and I just feel like now maybe it's because he's expending so many so much energy guarding Joel Embiid or on switches with James Harden maybe that's the reasoning you know he's not as spry as some other people but those are points that are being missed uh very very much everyone else is solid um in the mid to high 30s actually from three-point range so the offense isn't necessarily the issue it all stems back to defense which is what the Celtics team was known for and they went to the finals with last year yeah the Horford misses you could all you could feel all of them on in game five as well like the crowd was like oh here we go again another miss and I, I forget was it like game two or three when the reporter after was like scoffing at him when he called himself an elite shooter and then he went out and was like five or seven I think he's had over half of his makes in this series in one game alone I think it was that game three yeah. Um, but like another function of this offense and you, you I, this is just an observation I've looked at Tatum back-to-back games, slow starts, brutally yeah. slow starts. He turned it around in the second half of both of them. So you got to give him credit for that. But with it, these critical games, he can't start out like that. I notice every time he gets to the rim, he, he almost always passes it out. 
and it's usually the right basketball decision, but sometimes like Embiid won't even give an actual contest to like fake a contest mm-hmm. and Tatum just, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it, I feel like there's now an overcorrection in the NBA where like the skills trainers teach the guys like drive in, get a piece of the paint and kick out no matter what. If you, if you even get like out of the corner, out a glimpse of somebody about to challenge your shot, take it out, get that three point shot. No, why can't you just attack the rim sometimes? Why can't you lay it in or dunk? Be less fearful because I think that's also screwing up our offense a little bit. Because if Horford's not making threes, if if you like the Grant thing has been weird these playoffs as well, where sometimes he plays a lot, sometimes he doesn't. If you're not going to play Hauser, which I've been pushing for, you know, whatever, mock me all you want, but like he can make shots. Yeah, he can make shots. Like, and then you play Pritchard last night as supposedly, oh, what's is this going to be? You know, I didn't really get Walker the fourth thing as. I didn't really get Miller was no like at some point if the threes aren't going in attack the hoop yeah uh simple basketball stuff that you know we see from afar that it, it feels like they sort of don't in game and you know to Tatum's credit you know when those when he makes those kick out passes and they're dropping you know that's when the Celtics are kind of at their best when they can touch the paint that that's sort of the revolution of the you know Steph Curry and Houston Rockets sort of era of basketball where the three is sort of valued at a, at the premium that it is today. But at the same point, you're definitely right, especially for a guy like Tatum who sort of struggles early, especially from deep, you know, just getting to the paint. And, you know, if you get fouled, that's even better. But, you know, just getting easy looks at the basket versus starting out, just shooting shots where you're missing. Uh, with with Jalen Brown, you know, statistically, you don't really see so much drop off with him from the regular season right now. He's at about 24, 5, and 4. Uh, three turnovers a game, which is concerning because, as we all know, last year turnovers sort of killed them down the stretch. So you don't want to really do that. But I'll have to look at the numbers. But I remember hearing about just shot attempts with uh, Jalen Brown uh, going down as the game uh, goes mm-hmm. throughout his phases. And that's something that, you know, you want to talk about just Jalen Brown not really feeling the, the Boston Celtics. I've heard rumors of him, you know, like. He's ready to leave. I've heard some rumors about that, and maybe that's why he's taking less and less shots. I'm not sure the the accuracy with that. But, you know, I just think at some points when Tatum isn't doing his best offensively, you know, Jalen Brown, he's usually there. But I, I think I need to see more from Jalen Brown um, on both ends of the floor. Yeah, you're right. Because, he, yeah, he usually does pick up Tatum when Tatum's not having it. Um, and game four, he was, he was awesome, Jalen was. And last night... I thought he left some stuff on the table. Um, yeah, defensively, too. He, it's obviously the big play that, frankly, swung the series was him doubling Embiid in the post in the final yeah. final seconds of, of game four, leaving out leaving Harden open to hit the game, the go-ahead shot. <sighs> Nothing – and this goes back to, like, the larger point that we had mentioned earlier. The team didn't feel organized. They didn't feel like they were playing together, as you were mentioning, Dahani. I felt like the urgency was there to attack the paint, but I I felt like the team was just driving to get to the paint and then nothing else. Besides those two like smart three pointers at the start of the game that were good driving kicks, I there was a, there wasn't a plan on the offense. And then meanwhile, you contrast that with Philly, guys were just super confident. Then you get this bench performance from Danielle 
Daniel House or however you want to pronounce his first name, um, where he's like pulling out these Euro steps that I've never seen a role player do before. You know, Melton, for give him credit, he's always he always like makes Tatum and Brown like really work for their shot. Yeah. Um huge pickup. Like yesterday was the first time where I felt are the Sixers actually better than us? Because it seemed like the f- game one and game four was just us shooting ourselves in the foot in inopportune times. I don't know what you feel about that. Uh, you know, coming into the season, I said the Philadelphia 76ers potentially had the best offseason. I said this because you look at their pickups, um, like a Daniel House, like a D'Anthony Melton, lots of long-rangey guys, um, three-point shooting couple that was Joel Embiid on the MVP run, trying to get the MVP, which he eventually did. Harden coming into the season with a year under his belt, or half a season under his belt after being traded from Brooklyn. I thought this team, Philadelphia, had the best offseason. Now that I think they were going to be the best team in the East, no, because I had the hierarchy like it turned out. Milwaukee and then Boston. Although Milwaukee, they got destroyed basically by the Miami Heat, uh, which I wasn't expecting. Boston being too... Philadelphia three that was sort of the expectation that I had just because Boston you know they were coming off a finals run they have all the same pieces plus you had a guy like Malcolm Brogdon in there who was supposed to be a six man of the year contender what he ultimately was uh you know the pieces sort of even out pretty much um pretty even I I wouldn't say Philadelphia is better I say that Philadelphia might have better coaching Mm. I I can say that Doc Rivers obviously a championship caliber coach uh with his time with Boston and then you know time with uh the Clippers and whatnot. He's been in these situations before. He's made um adjustments, although he gets shitted on a lot. Uh uh, you know, just people don't necessarily like him uh for whatever reason when it comes to postseason basketball. That's what I've heard uh quite a lot. Um but you know he has experience over Joe Mazzula. That's one thing that you can't doubt. And it's just really about executing. Uh, and Philadelphia, um, so far in this series, has executed pretty well. Very, very well. When they've had to, they've executed well. And that goes back to, like, I, you know, hand up. When you talk about the tier list, I always thought it was Milwaukee-Boston drop-off to Philly. I thought this series was going to be one in five or six games for the Celtics. Um, I didn't expect James Harden to to look as good as he's looked um, I didn't expect Embiid to, even though he is the MVP, to to give to present this many issues with the Celtics defense, where it's where sometimes you can't do anything about it. Sometimes Horford steps up, whatever. But Robert Williams, I don't think he's been an, as impactful this year as he was last year in the no, playoffs, or, or before he got the injuries to his knees. Um, you're just. I, I just I'm really I'm losing faith in this team, which sucks. Um, even like the free throws, you talk about execution to honey. Tatum, if you check the stats, 11 of 13 of the line yesterday. That's really good. But those two misses, I distinctly remember Jalen Brown, three for eight. Woof. I like I, I can't remember the last time I saw Jalen hit both free throws on a trip. It's that's yeah. Disheartening stuff right there. Um, I don't know how many guys I can truly trust at this point. And I like the effort that that Derek White gets that he provides. But at times yesterday, it seemed like he was the only guy on the court 
who 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 gave you know any any sort of care about about the game um it was i don't i don't know what happens from here to honeybee but all i know is that last year udoka would have us in line he would settle us down in a way where if you weren't playing well he would let you have it now it just seems like Missoula is clapping his hands and and saying guys i know we can play better than that and that sounds it sounds like a lazy take but i do believe that at times your team can take on the personality of your head coach and that's what we loved about last year's team that dog mentality yeah this year's team lacks the dog even though it's the same roster adding malcolm brogdon six man of the year on paper there's no reason why this team should be worse and yet here we are facing elimination in round two again and i feel like it might not go the same way it did last year yeah and you gave a great point you know we had the same roster plus a guy that is a six minute of the year giving you about 15 a game on paper this was supposed to be a 60 plus win team that was my prediction yeah. it should have been that way i think they it was ended up 57 wins um yeah. you know they slowed down uh post uh new years uh and that sort of derailed them from getting to that point but early on they were spectacular they were the team that was the prohibitive favorites to win the entire championship now you're looking at a um three two hole uh, with philadelphia it's going to philadelphia right now correct for for game six and yeah. uh man you talk about those fans Embiid having an mvp now he's he's fired up already james harden with two 40 point games in this series who would have expected that out of james harden at this stage of his career Tyrese Maxey, he had a big performance last night. They just have so many guys that can kill you, especially in that pick and roll. Right now, pick and roll defense is not Boston's strong suit at all. If I'm a betting man, I don't know if the Celtics win this next game and force a game seven. I'm hoping, as a Celtics fan, I'm definitely hoping yeah. that we can win this one. But as a betting man, just seeing what I've seen, unless Boston shoots the absolute lights out and blow them out by 20 points, I don't see the Boston Celtics winning this next one. See, and that's the difference, Dahani, from last year, where now you're saying we need to shoot the lights out to win. Vegas, still, every game of the series, we've been favored or or it's been a pick'em. The pick'em was game four. Mm-hmm. We're favored by two, despite coming off a home loss. Weirdly, I think that I actually like it being uh, in Philly, not in Boston, because of what we saw yesterday, where – if you start playing poorly, the home crowd gets on you and it gets We're anxious. We're having this. Family. I honestly feel like being in a hostile environment, the guys will kind of rally around that a little bit. And I think I, I actually I, I do have more faith in winning this game six on the road than if we were to be up three two, having it come home for a game six. As strange as that might sound, um, but. The team, but the mental fortitude of this team is something I'm questioning, which is, which again sucks to say, but uh, what goes back to all those weird losses that we had in the second half of the regular season for last year, it's kind of like the Lakers discussion this year. I I honestly feel this was something I I was thinking earlier today, like how much does the first half of the regular season really matter? except for seeding purposes. Seeding purposes, obviously it matters. But in terms of momentum in the playoffs, the Los Angeles Lakers, after the trade deadline, had the best change in net rating 
of anybody in the league. They were 6.9 points per 100 possessions better after the trade deadline than before the trade deadline. The Celtics were only like 0.3. I mean, before the trade deadline, they were at 6.8 net rating after 7.1. Very strong. But that wasn't much of an improvement. Yeah. Up to improve from 6.8, what have you. But think of all those weird losses. The the Nets loss where he blew like a 25-point lead. The Wizards loss. Uh, the two losses in the same week against the Knicks, um, who have proven to to kind of not be as good as we thought that they might be. Um, we'll see what happens here tonight. But maybe the the second half of the regular season is actually a very good reflection of what's to come in the playoffs because you have a team like the Lakers, for example, playing for their lives, see how well they're doing, versus the Celtics, who stumbling, mumbling, tumbling the second half of the regular season – and now they're they how many like every every loss except for game three against Atlanta in these playoffs has been a weird loss. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, some weird losses for sure. Uh you just talk about just the Celtics that we know, you know, they, they've given up a lot of leads um this entire year, given up some big leads. I see mentioned that Nets loss is the one that sort of stays in my mind of sort of a lead that should be insurmountable. Yes, the three-point shot allows any lead to be unsafe. But, you know, just if you play good defense, that shouldn't happen. And that's what we've been lamenting this whole year, defense of this team. Not as strong. And I don't think you can win the championship uh, the way this team is playing currently with the defense. But, you know, we, we've heard of Game 6 Clay. I, I want to see Game 6 Jay. I, I need a wow. Game 6 Jason Tatum moment. You know, last year we had some big Jason Tatum moments in the postseason. Yes, he dwindles in the finals, yes, but, you know, conference finals and before, he had some big moments. I'm I'm blanking on the game numbers, but some 40-point games in there, no doubt about it. And uh, have you seen Devin Booker lately? I mean, he is single-handedly, yes, they're down 3-2, but going back um, in Phoenix, those two games where he was just on a historic pace, on yeah. unreal with what he was doing, carrying his squad, I need Jason Tatum to do the exact same thing because if we if Celtics lose uh, this series, there's going to be serious questions about Jason Tatum's rank in the league. Coming I mean, after last year, he was sort of a top 10 fringe, top 10 guy. Even if you want to put him in the top five, I wouldn't argue that um, he, he wasn't. But now, certainly, you know, he hasn't had one of those monster performances, like, like a 46 and an eight game where he was clearly the best player from start to finish, if there's any time for that to happen, it needs to be in game six in Philadelphia, hostile, hostile fan base. You know, you're, you're down. You're, if you are out, if you lose, you're out. This is the time for Jason Tatum to step up game six. Jay, we need a big performance, man. I certainly hope so. Um, And like to like recalibrate things, like if Harden's going to play this well, then you need to get a counter from, from your best player, Jason Tatum to step up his game. Cause yeah, these, Back-to-back slow starts are not going to cut it. You cannot afford to have that happen again. Um, man, I don't. I'm not ready for that conversation of if he's top ten. If we flame out here, that's that's going to be a tough, a tough conversation to have. I mean, this is what happens with when you're when you're a young star, young superstar, even, and you have all these years of up and coming success, and then eventually you get to it where you lose again. It's like what are you? Even what we saw with the Bucks now, it's like at the end of the day, only one team can win the title. And he, all these players get all these 
get all this blame and a lot of the times deservedly so um and i guess with tatum we'll see what happens thursday night but but yeah his standing in the league is definitely a question <laughs> you're right Tahani, and i don't like that as a celtics fan i don't like it at all i don't like what that might mean for jalen and and you know it, we got to give him a contract coming up here i believe this off season um so what we, what do we do with smart if we flame out too? Like, how many years left does Horford have in the tank? Uh, what what happens to Grant? He's going to be a, I think he's going to be unrestricted. Um, I I don't like I don't like the direction that this could spiral into. So, man, Dahani, I just I feel like for Game Six, I think you I think. I, I see either the Celtics pull out a close one or we get blown out and just roll over. I, yeah. I that's what I see. Yeah. I, I see the opposite. I I think we need to blow them out. Or if it's a close one, I, I just can't see the Celtics executing unless again, if Jason Tatum is hot and he's just feeling it and he's gonna take the last shot, I feel comfortable with saying the Celtics will win a close one. That's the only way I see the Celtics winning in a close fashion. Just because okay. I know what they are in crunch time. It is a team that, you know, they, they hope for the best. <laughs> that has really the best way you can describe their offense. They hope for the best. And sometimes that best is not good enough in the postseason. And they hope for the best. And they have Marcus Smart doing the thing where he's telling the inbounder to roll the ball. Marcus, when there's like over a minute and a half left in a one or two possession game, a few extra ticks doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just play basketballs. Don't worry about the clock and, squeezing out a few seconds because you do that they go ahead and all of a sudden those few extra seconds that you wasted now hurt you so uh yeah just play your game i know it's tough because it, it you know it's human nature to tense up in big moments you know you'll never see me in, a, in an nba finals or nba playoff situation trying to make crunch time decisions you know but but like i i i say a close game favors the Celtics only because I, I I still envision the recipe of last year's game six win in Milwaukee, where we're kind of like, we're, we're kind of in control the whole game. It gets a little dicey late, but then as you mentioned, Tatum swoops in, kind of saved the day, kind of ha- hit some of those like game three shots that he had over Tobias Harris. Um, but yeah, if, if Harris and or Maxi get going, oof, I like that. You're right. It starts with defense, set the tone defensively. And, and hopefully we'll be okay for Thursday night in Philly. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, you mentioned last year against Milwaukee game six, we had a really better, really good chance of defending and getting stops last year compared to this year. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to stop that James Harden and be pick and roll and even put Maxie at the, at the guard position. It's just really tough to stop because you have two guys who can go downhill, score, kick it out to the corner, and you have Embiid who can do everything offensively. It's really tough to stop. Really tough to stop, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure if the Celtics are going to be able to figure it out by next game for game six. Now, let's say Philadelphia does win. They go into the conference finals. Would you pick them to be the favorites to win the championship? Mm. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. Okay. Um, I think there's still a prevailing thought that the winner of the Celtics Sixers series is going to get by. Uh, New York, Miami. Um, I don't think the Heat should be counted out for whatever reason because of Butler and Spolstra. Um, 
And then the West, maybe I was just so down the Celtics the other night, but like I was watching the, the game four of, of Lakers Warriors. And I'm like, I feel like both of these teams would, would beat the Celtics. And that was, I was probably prisoner of the moment, whatever. Um, the Warriors do not have as many options as the Lakers do. Hence why the series is now three, one, the Lakers just, their depth is like good. And I know like yeah. it was a big point of point of conversation when Paul Lincoln made all those moves at the deadline. Um, again, why they had such a drastic uh, net rating difference after the, after the trade deadline, but I like them and I, I like the nuggets too. So um, I think I would pick the nuggets and also the Lakers over the Sixers. If I, if all series hold, as the winners, as teams who are leading right now, between Heat, Sixers, Nuggets, Lakers, um, I do believe that the Nuggets and Lakers are a little bit better than the Sixers and the Heat. That's fair. Uh, you know, the Lakers, two and ten start to to what they're doing now. Yes, they're they're only a seventh seed, but they don't look like a seventh seed. They look like a team that was probably you know at best maybe a three seed, but. If everything gels right, they could make a finals run. And it looks like that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, defensively, they're one of the best teams in the postseason. You mentioned the, the amount of guys that they have in terms of just ball handlers and dudes that can create off the dribble. Um, it, it's crazy because this team was not good <laughs> to start the season at yeah. all. They, they weren't good. And now they're going up against the, the champions in Golden State. And they look like they're about to win in uh, five games, maybe six. Go on to a, a conference finals against Denver. It, it looks like in all likelihood. Although, you know, you never know. Maybe Devin Booker gives us a 50-point game. Durant with a, with 35 and Will's a game seven. And at that point, who knows, right? But yeah, with Philadelphia, um, I, I imagine the Heat will win against the Knicks um, tonight. It'll be Philly and Miami. And that's a very interesting series just in terms of you know, we lament the fact that Boston, they can't guard the pick and roll. Um, I'd be very interested to see with a guy like Bam Adebayo, who's much more mobile than a guy like Al Horford and very switchable, what that looks like. Maybe it's the exact same result because that's just how good uh, Harden is with threading the needle to Embiid. But, you know, I'm curious to see how that would turn out in terms of that matchup. Yeah, and you'll have a slightly better coaching advantage with Spolstra than Missoula. Um and by slightly, I mean a lot. Um, although, again, like with Miami, it's like the thought of like Kevin Love being in your rotation, like this stage of his career, Kevin Love. And I know his, he can still do the outlet pass, which is a thing of beauty. Um, but to have like this stage of your career, Kevin Love, this stage of your career, Kyle Lowry, you know, Max Struess out there, Gabe Vincent, who I actually do respect as a player out there. Um, no Tyler Hero. It's crazy what Butler and the Heat are doing. So I'm not going to count them out at all. Um, should they truly do get past the Knicks here? Um, so if it's Philly, if it's if it's let's hope we the Celtics can figure this thing out, the honey. But if not, then uh, I really don't know who I'd pick between Philly and Miami. Fair. If Philly wins, I'm taking Philadelphia probably, and I'll take six games. It'll be a very hard fought six games but I think just Philadelphia has so many different weapons and eventually the heat they're going to cool off from three-point range 
revert to the mean how they were the entirety of the season, which was the worst shooting team, worst scoring team, I believe. You know, everything just if something goes up, it has to come down. And I think that's what's going to be the case for the field goal shooting and the three point shooting for the Miami Heat. So Philadelphia, they make it to the first final since Allen Iverson, which would be just an amazing achievement for the process, even if they don't win it. And, you know, potentially, basically any way you look, I don't I don't see Phoenix making it to the final. So let's say it's Denver Lakers, some really good big men basketball. Which you know, yeah. Jokic Embiid or Davis Embiid, whichever one you look at, um, very much an old school type of game, which I would be very interested to see. Think of it like uh, I know, like the bubbles have been brought back here in 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 the discourse, but it could still be Heat, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers in in your Final Four, like it was in the bubble. Yeah, obviously, many of those rosters have changed. I guess the Lakers are probably the most notable have changed around Davis and LeBron. Um, Celtics, obviously, the the core guys have stayed the same, but the other guys have kind of been different. Heat, you know, Butler, Bam. Um, but, yeah, the thought, I think worst case scenario for me is if it's Lakers, Sixers, because I would just hate watching, like, two franchises who it's in my blood to hate go at it. And some, one of them is going to win the title. I just could not stand that, that image in my head. But if the Celtics don't make it out, I think I'll root for the Nuggets. Hey man, Nuggets are a great choice. Shout out Nikola Jokic, man. He, he he's, he's doing his thing in that series. He had 55 and uh 12 or something like that. Crazy. In one of these games, he's, he didn't win MVP, but I mean, man, he's going to be in that conversation for a while. One of, one of the best big men in the game. Austin, thanks so much for joining us today on the From Downtown Podcast. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, turn our attention to Heat and Knicks uh, for later and then eventually hoping that Boston can get one in Philadelphia? Anything you want to plug? Uh, thank you, Don. Yeah, I'll say uh, – Check out the the old Twitter there at Austin uh, underscore Barrick. Yeah, that's what it is these days. Instagram at Clean the Boards doing some polls. Uh, tough to get everybody to do a podcast. It is what it is. Um, and then yeah, I mean, obviously, kind of a layoff here with with the AR, the Citrus, and the Z stuff. Picked that up back in back in the fall, but um, yeah, last few weeks here uh, in Mass, and then. If for some godforsaken reason uh, your listeners want to tune in to some Alaskan Baseball League action, I'll be there at the top of the world uh, with Jesse Cook from uh, from early June through early August. Um, but, yeah, thanks for having me again, Dahani. Of course, man. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Please make sure to rate five stars so we can move up on the algorithm as well as share with family, friends, anybody who will be interested in talking about some basketball. Uh, you know, I truly believe that Game 6J will appear. Now, is it Jason Tatum or is it Jalen Brown? That's that's the real question. I think both of them will have stellar, stellar performances. But what it comes down to is playing defense, guarding that pick and roll, like we mentioned, between Harden and Embiid, really figuring out, okay, are we, are we going to switch that? And if we do, are we going to just let Embiid kill you that way? Because there's no real way to stop him at all, to be honest. The only way to really stop him is get him into foul trouble. That's really it. It's the only thing you can do with MVP at this point in time. 
But at the end of the day, it's game six going to Philadelphia. Boston, they've lost two games already in Boston. So maybe they got to they gotta win on the road and then go home for a game seven. Everybody shoots the lights out. They win it that way. But Philadelphia, they're looking to close this one out, head to the conference finals, and eventually the NBA finals for the first time since 2001. Great stuff from Philadelphia. Great stuff from Austin today. Shout out Austin. Always great having him on the podcast. Hopefully Boston wins and we can have him on a few more times before the end of the season. Until next time, guys, take care.